Welcome to Pieces of Poetry. The aim of this podcast is to introduce you to poets in a relaxed and easy format and emphasise the accessibility of their work without getting bogged down in all the academia that often is a bar to just reading and enjoying poetry. This episode is on Maya Angelou. She was a celebrated African-American writer and poet. She chronicled her life through a series of autobiographies where she grew up in a world of discrimination, violence and poverty in the 1930s in the American South. She was also a political activist who worked with Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, a lecturer, editor, singer, cook, actor and professional dancer, touring around Europe and Africa in a production of the opera Porgy and Bess. She was a journalist in Egypt and Ghana in the period of decolonization, San Francisco's first black female streetcar conductor, and many other things besides. The writer Toni Morrison says of her that she had 19 talents, used 10, and was a real original. Maya Angelou was born in St. Louis, Missouri. At the age of four, her mother, with her marriage breaking down, sent her and her brother Bailey to Stamps to live with her paternal grandmother, where she spent most of her early childhood. She describes this in the first of her autobiographies, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, published in 1969, which brought her international acclaim and has been used as a text in schools and universities worldwide. Her first name was Marguerite, but her brother Bailey spoke of his sister as my sister, shortening it to my which then became Maya. There's a biography series for children called Little People, Big Dreams. In the book about Maya Angelou, it starts with recounting the racial prejudice she experienced growing up living in Stamps, the attack by her mother's boyfriend which caused her to go mute for many years, her love of reading and the vast array of different careers she had and the success of her writing. The description of an attack in the children's book was actually a rape by her mother's boyfriend when she was eight. In the trial which followed, he was found guilty, but was killed shortly afterwards, probably by her uncles. Maya, thinking she was culpable for his death by the act of naming him, stopped speaking for five years. She said, I felt my voice killed him because I said his name. It was during this time she became a voracious reader, was encouraged to start speaking again by an educated lady called Mrs. Flowers, who she describes as the aristocrat of the black part of stamps. Mrs. Flowers stressed that the spoken word enabled nuances of language to convey different meanings and that it should be spoken, and that Maya would never love poetry until she did. This stayed with Maya and she was a strong proponent of performance poetry. Maya Angelou wrote seven volumes of autobiography, and on the publication of a volume containing all of them, was told by an editor that it was as long as War and Peace. She is probably best known for these works, but became a prolific poet and alternately published a volume of poetry for every autobiographical book. Her first volume of poetry, entitled Just Give Me a Cool Drink of Water Before I Die, published in 1971, was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. The book is split into two parts. The first part, called Where Love is a Scream of Anguish, are love poems, some of them tender, but just as many which are about pain and loss. The second part, Just Before the World Ends, focuses on the African-American struggle. Although many of Maya Angelou's poems are visceral and hard, 
They often combine this with a playfulness, which is used when she is being most damning. She once said, I've learned that you can tell a lot about a person by the way she or he handles these three things. A rainy day, lost luggage, and tangled Christmas tree lights. This poem, called No Loser No Weeper, from this volume, demonstrates this and is about losing things, which most of us can relate to. No Loser No Weeper I hate to lose something. Then she bent her head. Even a dime. I wish I was dead. I can't explain it. No more to be said. Except I hate to lose something. I lost a doll once and cried for a week. She could open her eyes and do all but speak. I believe she was took by some doll-snatching sneak. I tell you, I hate to lose something. A watch of mine once got up and walked away. It had twelve numbers on it, and for the time of day. I'll never forget it, and all I can say is I really hate to lose something. Now if I felt that way about a watch and a toy, what do you think I feel about my lover boy? I ain't threatening you, madam, but here's my evening's joy, and I mean I really hate to lose something. Here you see the poem playfully moving from the loss of inanimate physical objects, the potential emotional loss of the speaker's lover. Her most famous poem, included in the 1978 volume of poetry with the same name, is called And Still I Rise. It's an iconic poem about defiance and liberation in the face of the oppression of black people in America. Her reading of it is unsurpassed, and I really encourage you to see it on YouTube. I can't do it justice, but here's an abridged version. And Still I Rise You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still, I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. The poem draws on the struggle of opposing and overcoming the legacy of slavery and prejudice. It is also very personal, and its directness and defiance is what has made it a poem of empowerment beyond its protest against the unjust treatment of black people. As Maya Angelou herself noted, it's a poem of mine that is very popular in the country, and a number of people use it. A lot of black people and a lot of white people use it. It was quoted by the tennis player Serena Williams when she won the Wimbledon title in 2015, and also in response to racist comments 
about a child she was expecting. It was the title of an album song by Tupac Shakur, who was friends with Maya Angelou, and the American gymnast Simone Biles has a tattoo with the poem's title. Interestingly, it has also been stated that Nelson Mandela recited the poem in his inauguration speech as President of South Africa in 1994 by the BBC and newspaper The Guardian. This is not true, although Angelou met Nelson Mandela when he was on a trip to Cairo in 1962 and she was in a relationship with the activist Vamsi Mackey. On Mandela's death, she also wrote a poem about him called His Days Done. Another poem called Cage Bird follows the theme of escaping slavery and its legacy. It's from her fourth volume of poetry, Shaker, Why Don't You Sing? Here are a few lines from it. The cage bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but long for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom. The cage bird in the poem is inspired by the poem Sympathy by Paul Dunbar, a black American writer and poet who lived round the turn of the 20th century. The line I know why the cage bird sings, the title of Angelou's first autobiography, is a line from his poem with the cage bird symbolising the entrapped slave. My Angelou said Dunbar's poetry inspired her writing ambition. In 1993, she was asked to write and perform a poem for President Clinton's inauguration. She then followed the same writing process she had for years, of renting a hotel room she never slept in, to create a sanctuary for her writing, in which she had paper, a thesaurus, a dictionary, a Bible, an ashtray, a pack of cards to play solitaire, and a bottle of sherry. The poem she wrote is called On the Pulse of Morning has themes of recognising the difficult past of environmental damage, slavery and colonialism in America and learning from it to strive forward and begin again. The poem has the recurring values in her writing of hope and particularly courage. In a speech to graduating students, she once said that courage is the most important of the virtues because without it, no other virtue can be practised consistently. Here are a few lines from it. Lift up your faces, you have a piercing need for this bright morning dawning for you. History, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived, but if faced with courage, need not be lived again. Lift up your eyes upon this day breaking for you. Give birth again. Maya Angelou became increasingly prominent and well-known throughout her life for her poetry and autobiographies, professorships at various universities, and a hectic schedule of stage performances and lecture tours. A newly minted quarter coin was made in the US in her honour this year, with the image of her with arms outstretched, and behind her a bird in flight and a rising sun. The outstretched arm symbolising perhaps the welcoming way she brought people together, and the background of the freed cage bird and the sun of And Still I Rise. Her poem A Brave and Startling Truth written for the 50th anniversary of the United Nations in 1995, and some of her other poetry, was sent into space on the NASA Orion mission in 2014. So she celebrated here, and she might be soon in other galaxies. Maya Angelou is lauded and appreciated for many values in herself and in her writing. The one that I'm most reminded of is kindness. 
Here's a quote of hers which typifies this. People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. The next episode will be on Stevie Smith. Bye for now. (music)